Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, so this segment, as I mentioned at the start of the show, is Seattle PA announcer Tom Hutler. Uh, this was recorded at Murphy's on 45th. This is actually the day that we finally met up. Anyways, here it is. Can you tell us a few of your stories about when you went back to the Hall of Fame and with Griffey and Edgar? Yeah, um, I'd gone to the Hall of Fame as, uh, with a buddy of mine. We, we would do baseball trips every year and we went to uh, we went to the new city field that the Mets had and we drove up to Cooperstown and uh, I think we went to the Nationals back there. back down and went to a Nationals game but anyway uh, went just you know as fans that year and I got to tu- got to a really cool tour of the hall from one of the uh, custo- uh, what, I can't remember what they called them they had some ambassador or whatever but I Jeff Idelson was the uh president at that point of the hall of fame and i interviewed him on the air for a few things so i said yeah we're coming back can you get us a, a nice tour he goes oh yeah we'll just give you and your buddy a, you know we'll have john take you around so we got to go down into the uh vaults where they have because they rotate stuff in and out um so they have all these drawers that pull out and there's like you know a babe ruth jersey or there's someone's gloves or spikes or um you know, hat that some like Roger Maris wore or <laughs> whoever. And so it was really cool to see all that on the background. And then, uh, so when Griffey was going to be inducted, I talked to Jeff Idelson and said, Hey, I know you guys have your, you know, Gary Thorne doing it, but, um, if you needed like me to do like the Ken Griffey Jr. introduction, like I do it at the ballpark, all the Mariner fans there would go nuts. And, he said, um, I don't think we'll, I don't know that we want to do anything like that because it might set a precedent, but um, I think we might want to have you do something like, you know, some sort of a uh, presentation or some sort of a, um, a piece uh, on the Saturday before the Hall of Fame induction. I said, okay, I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to do whatever you want me to do, and I didn't know what he was going to have me do. So it turned out they asked uh, if I would go and be interviewed by one of their people, uh, about how I got into this and about memories of Griffey and they were going to have it at this I think it's called the Grandstand Stage Room it's, it's a 200 seat little theater type thing in the Hall of Fame and I thought you know who's going to come and see me I mean I would have see the PA announcer for the Mariners being interviewed by this guy it's like there's way more interesting stuff to do than that so I was thinking there's going to be like five people in there 
and two of them are my relatives. So uh, I got in there, and it was packed. And I was just like, whoa, whoa. this is so cool. And um, so the interview was like about an hour, and just asking questions about, you know, Junior and all that, memories of him. And um, so that was just a thrill. And the biggest thrill, though, was after the, you know, we had, we had several Mariner people there, and I'd gotten to know a couple of people at the Hall of Fame uh, that were run, you know, that were helping to put the whole thing together. And when everybody, everything was done Sunday night after the uh, inductions, and we were at this bar, I can't, God, I can never remember the name of the bar there, but it's, um, we were there, and um, the gal that was with the Hall of Fame, I think her name was Dorothy, um, she says, well, we need to get you to do a Ken Griffey Jr., uh, in, in, you know, your intro again, but we need to do it in, over in the, in the hall. So this bar was just down the hall. Mm-hmm. Alley. I said, well, it's closed. And she goes, I got a key. <laughs> <laughs> so about 10 of us marched down the alley into the back entrance of the Hall of Fame and after hours, went up to where his plaque was hanging, and all of us stood in front of there. And then on cue, I said, Ken Griffey Jr. And uh, so that was really cool. And then we reenacted it a few years later with Edgar. They asked me that year to kind of host a um, on-field roundtable about Edgar with, it was originally going to be Dan Wilson, Jay Buhner, Rick Griffin, Rick Riz, and I think that was it. And then... We're kind of waiting. It was at the ballpark that they have there. I think it's called Legends Field. Um, it was the ballpark there, and so they were, you know, the fa- they had a bunch of fans there for that. It was packed. The, the side of the place was packed. And um, in we were kind of waiting in this waiting area in this tunnel, and Junior walks in. I said, what are you doing here? He goes, oh, they asked if I come out. And I said, oh, that's great. So, so. I'm walking out onto this field. We're being introduced, and it was me and Jay and Junior and Cammy or uh, uh, Dan Wilson and oh, Moyer was there. And then uh, we all sat down on our stools, and all of a sudden my camera walks out, and it's like, this is going to be fun. This is like Cammy, the Expendables. Yeah, They're all popping. Up. Yeah, and so it was funny because I, I've got pictures of it, but I'm I'm cracking up in these pictures because it's Griffey ripping Cameron about, you know, having taken over for him mm-hmm. and, you know, that just, they were just giving each other grief in this, in this round table setting. And, uh, it just kind of took over the show and they had told me, you got to be done by two forty two because we need to turn this over and get this, you know, the ballpark has to be cleaned out by that time. So, <laughs> so I'm like, looking at my watch going, Shh, these guys are going to talk. <laughs> no, yeah. You don't know and these then, guys well enough. And then Moyer, who is like, uh, you know, wind him up and let him go and you know he'll ask him one question he'll talk about you know 20 minutes so i thought if i ask moyer a question now this is done i'll be i'll be i'll be sunk so anyway it was really really fun and they decided it went so well that when we came back after that road trip they had us do a similar thing on the field here at Mm -hmm. the ballpark so those are my two experiences there so it's been really i mean such a fun deal to be able to be involved in that Oh, that's in that level at the Hall of Fame. I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, that that's I can't even equate to yeah, what that you, felt like to be up there with like you know our heroes, and I'm sure you look at mm-hmm. them. I'm sure your your children's heroes, yeah. and just like I mean, where do you go from there? Yeah. For me, for me. Well, I was lucky enough to go to the Hall of Fame many years ago when we were back there, and uh, 
not, not the ceremony wasn't going on, but if you ever get a chance, go back there. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. It's the best. It's absolutely the best. And the first time I went with my buddy, uh, there's a hotel that all the players stay at during the Hall of Fame weekend, Anasaga, and it's this beautiful old-fashioned kind of plantation-style building that has this long veranda on the back. And it overlooks the green of this uh, golf course that's out there. And uh, we missed it by two days because the players have just cleared out after the. We went, got there on a Tuesday after the Hall of Fame weekend induction. But you could just, you know, see that these players would be out there on that veranda just sitting there, you know, uh, telling stories as, you know, only baseball players can do. And uh, it was so fun to see that and stay in that historic building. But the city is so cool. It's so small, yeah. and it, you know, for the Hall of Fame weekend, it like quintuples in size with all the people that are there. Um, but if you're there, just you know, as a middle of the summer type thing, they're still still very busy. But you're right; it's just it's worth seeing. And even if you're not a huge baseball fan, it's worth checking out because there's so much history there, and there's so many fun little shops, and you know. 18 different places where you can get a personalized bat and <laughs> uh, and so uh, yeah it's a blast